0: So our theme passage for our series comes from John 15, 15. Jesus speaking. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus wants more than fellowship. He wants friendship. Friendship with you. And friendship with each other. And so last week we defined what is biblical friendship and we looked at the origin. And how did that begin and what's the purpose of it? It's to be Christ-centered and ultimately to reflect the image of God. It's something we can't do alone. We need great relationships. But as we learn how to build these biblical friendships, we also need to understand... And avoid the substitutes. As you know, uh, our world loves to come up with substitutes. You should just be real sugar. And, you know, the substitutes, there always seems to be a slant of why it's better. And yet in the end, it usually isn't. It usually kills you quicker. I'll rather just get a little fatter with the real sugar. You know what I'm saying? But in the same way, I think in our relationships, because of the fall of man, because of what took place in Genesis, Satan is providing us with substitutes. That at the moment seem great, but in the end will kill us quicker. What are these substitute relationships? We're going to look at them today. Yes, I'm going to say it. Social media friendships specialized friendships and the worst of all, selfish friendships. Let's deal with the first one. Social media friendships. Now, I want to say up front, I am not suggesting that everyone needs to deactivate or delete their social media websites, accounts, or apps, okay? But what I will say is, don't let these technologies fool you into thinking you're actually connected to everyone. Now, they have many benefits, but they do not give us what we think. It's an appearance of being connected to everyone and being friends with everyone. But see, that's not the actual facts. In fact, even others are starting to notice the effects of social media. Listen to this quote from a technology journalist, Nicholas Tufnell. On a slightly deeper note, there's something about the relentless happiness of people on Facebook that I find monstrous. (laughs) one is apparently always somewhere better than I am, and what's more they're having a brilliant time my life is not like that in reality no one's life is like that, these of course are constructed narratives, our best offs, but sometimes it's hard to reason to yourself that these people aren't having fun all the time when all you ever see of them is pictures of them having fun all the time I suddenly start to feel pangs of inadequacy and jealousy, and these people are supposed to be my friends. I think he pictures very well what I think if we are honest, we feel at times. He nailed it. And I think that's the false substitute of social media friendships. Here's a, a scripture that I think we need to take to mind when dealing with technology that deals with screens, monitors. Matthew 6:22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? What is the eye looking at today most in society? I like this quote. Pixels instead of people take center stage for the average American family. As great as it is to be able to catch up with long lost friends Or family that live far away And that's what I do think is great about some social media It will never ever replace Seeing face to face Where you can see, feel, connect Even touch if needed You can't do that with social media It's a substitute Yeah And it gives us this false impression that we have a lot of friends. Really? What are they saying that they don't put on that blog? That they don't put on that post? Is it the real them? Is it the real you? God sees the real everything. Maybe that's why Jesus didn't come in our century. He didn't want people to see a pixel Jesus. He wanted to see a real Jesus. Social media friendships are willing to sacrifice intimacy and vulnerability for the illusion of companionship. Don't settle for that substitute. That leads to the second one, specialized friendships. What are they? These are friendships where you're content to reduce a relationship down to a common activity or interest. Like most things, we tend to compartmentalize not only our lives, but even our friendships. And these are usually broken into two types. The first one, stage of life. Right? This is where you simply surround yourself with people who are at a similar point in life. Students with students. Singles with singles. Married with married. So let's break that one down. Young marrieds with young marrieds. Marrieds with teens. Marrieds with teens. Marrieds with preteens. with marrieds with preteens. You, you can break it down and compartmentalize however you want to, and that's what happens. And that becomes the basis for a specialized friendship. And it's great to have peer relationships, but there's a problem with peer relationships. How do you ever actually mature? If you're always with the same place in life, how do you grow? How, How are you challenged? See, when we settle for specialized friendships based off simply a stage of life, we're missing out on all the incredible opportunity That a person from a different stage of life, a different background, a different experience can help mold us and mature us and vice versa. How different our service would be if we were all just the same stage of life. I've been in a few of those churches in my upbringing. They're very weird. It's very strange. You feel out of place. I don't feel out of place here. And it doesn't matter what age you are, what background, what race. It's awesome. So where's our friendships? Are they specialized? The second one is common interest. This is where we section ourselves off according to a shared interest, hobby, or even an area of ministry can do this even in the church. Now, for many of us, we have a shared interest of Jesus. So that's okay. Here's why. Because only Jesus can connect people from different interests to actually be together. That's the difference. Only Jesus can connect us. But if our friendships are only based on common interest, then you're only going to be able to save people of common interest. And aren't we supposed to make disciples of all nations? Of all backgrounds, of all interests. The experiences and interests of others can help you become a better person. My wife and I are not exactly alike. We have different interests. But her interests rub off on me and my interests rub off on her, and we're better both because of it. Are our friendships only based on common interest? Then you're settling for a substitute not a truly genuine friendship that God wants us to have. Amen? Amen. The last one, selfish friendships. These seek friendships purely for what can be gained for the all-important me. Here's some of the things, the motives, that are behind a selfish friendship. I want someone that feeds my desire... To be flattered and complimented. Is that why you have a friendship? I want someone who gives me status or raises my public profile. We see this in schools, especially, or even in the workplace. Or how about this one? I want someone that condones my inappropriate behavior. That's a selfish friendship. And I could go on and on and you probably have something you could offer to me that the only point you have this friendship is what you can get out of it, not what you give. That has got to be the worst of the substitute relationships. Because a true biblical friendship is Christ-centered and definitely self-centered is the opposite. We need to kill ourselves deny ourselves, crucify ourselves, if we're going to have real relationships. Look at this passage in Philippians 2. How would this address this selfish friendship? Verse 1, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, give any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, of any tenderness and compassion, and I think it's interesting you propose it if... Because it doesn't matter the facts if you don't believe it. I can answer all those, yes, I have encouragement, yes, I have comfort, yes, I have the Spirit, but do you really believe that? He's making you actually think and look at yourself. Do you have these things with Christ? Or has He become the alternate relationship to all the substitute ones you put all your focus into? If, It's a question that you have to answer. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Nothing. That means you shouldn't even have a friendship out of selfish ambition. Right? Wouldn't that include that? Because it says, nothing out of. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking on your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Wow, that that just changes what a true biblical friendship is very quickly. See guys, when we settle for substitutes, we miss out on what Jesus provides us through Christ. Only because of Jesus do I have friendships with those with different interests. A lot of you, I wouldn't even have been in your arena of life. Leanne and I probably wouldn't have even been in the same social network. We probably would have never met if it weren't for Jesus. Of course, He had us meet all the way in Russia. That's that's how God works. He can do crazy things. But for many of us, we wouldn't even have friendships without Jesus. You know, the one thing I hated growing up was having to move all the time. I went to four different high schools in three different states. I hated that, and any youth could probably agree with me. That's just hard to leave in that crucial time of your life. But there was a huge benefit that I now appreciate. I was always the new guy. And there's an advantage of being the new guy I'm not forced into any particular clique off the bat. So I could be friends with jocks, I could be friends with the geeks, and I could be friends with every other possible group you want to come up with. And no one cared. And I never really appreciated it then, but I appreciate it now. I got to have friendships with everyone because I was the new guy. Oh, why is he with them? Well, he's the new guy. He doesn't know. <laughs> and, and, and I really believe that's what Jesus does is we're all new we're the new guy when we come to Christ we're a new creation we're the new guy we don't have to settle for the cliques we don't have to settle for the substitute relationships we can build new ones with people we never would have imagined before and it's awesome it's rewarding so we see the substitutes but what's the real thing that's always the catch line right the real thing the real coke right remember that what's the real thing Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to leave today and think that technology or common interests or even social media cannot be useful. I think it can be. It's a great tool in facilitating a friendship, but it doesn't give us a friendship. It's just tools. We want to have a biblical friendship because there are always more. They mean more. They value more. They have more impact than all these substitutes. So I want to close with a passage I believe shows us the real thing. Do you want to hear it? It's actually the very first verse I read when I came to the church. And I'll never forget it. It's a simple one, and yet there's so much to it. Mark 3, verse 34, 35. There's something about 34, you know, John 13. Mark 3:34 There's something about that verse. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, "Here are my mother and my brothers." Now, this is in the context of his actual mothers and brothers being outside going, "Where is Jesus?" And this is his response. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother now this is this is a remarkable verse this is Jesus the son of god our savior our lord sitting down with a very interesting group of people have you imagined who's in that circle as he's looking around in the circle there's young like John who was considered possibly a teenager there was old peter and others There was married and single. There were siblings, two pairs of them. There was fishermen and a zealot. A tax collector. And even one possibly of royal blood. Some scholars believe Nathaniel came from royal blood. This is who is in the circle. How in the world did these people come together? Think about it. Especially if... The zealot and tax collector were sitting next to each other. Maybe that's why he had so many fishermen, because he had to put those in between them. Now let's put a few fishermen. The smell alone will keep them away. You know, I, I don't know, but you gotta imagine a zealot whose basic idea is a you know, tax collector is a traitor should be killed. And here they are in the circle. Old, young, different interests, different experiences. Different ages. This is the beauty of biblical friendship. This is what Jesus created. He says, Guys, yes, I have family. We all have other relationships we're part of. Some good, some bad, and everything in between. But Jesus says, No, when you're with me, we're family. He takes it to even another level. Not only are you no longer my servant, not only are you no longer my friend, you are my family what he wants and he put it in a circle there's no hierarchy right it's not a rectangle it's not the lord's supper you know where you see him in the middle and everyone to the side this is a circle he put himself equal with them in that circle he considered them above himself even though he is above all what about us who is in our circle is if it if it's all fishermen and you're a fisherman, you're not building as Jesus did. If it's all married, then you're not building as Jesus did. If it's all single, then you're not building as Jesus did. If you put any common thing, if that's the only thing in that circle, you're not building it like Jesus. We need each other. We need each other in our lives. It's going to be sad to have the campus not here. So you need to invite them back for dinner. All right. right? That'd help you out, right? You cool with that? Because I tell you, I got to go visit the campus this midweek. And they always get nervous when I show up at a campus midweek. They think, uh-oh, who's, getting, who's in trouble? There was no one in trouble. I was just coming. I am technically a student. I can be part of the campus ministry. Okay? And to show them that, hey, I can be an older student. But if you're you know, in your 40s and you're still in campus since when you started at 18, something's wrong. okay? I-, I took a break and came back, so it's a little different. But it was so cool being with them. Amen. See how many friends they brought out to meet their friends and you know I tell you you want to know what's going on in society talk to the teens in campus they have a much better idea and they could help us connect with the lost that are around us Amen. but you know in the same way youth you don't know everything you think you do <laughs> and you can go ahead and think that because at some point you realize you don't I don't have to force it on you it's just going to happen But there's things you could avoid if you got with one of the older members here. And you asked about their experiences. Good, bad, and everything in between. You know, most of the wisdom that people credit me with are my mistakes. Oh, you're so wise. No, I just made a lot of mistakes. That's where I got the wisdom from. But how much better if we could gain that wisdom before we make the mistakes. This is why we need everyone, every person, every walk of life, every race, every culture, every experience in that circle to build family. See, we can overlook the importance of this very simple verse. Don't settle for substitutes. What's missing in your circle? Is there a particular race not represented? I'm just getting real. Particular gender? Particular background or particular amount in their bank account? What is the reason they're not in your circle? There should be no reason. It doesn't matter who's walking on this earth that they're breathing. They should be able to eventually be in that circle. And if they're not, it's our problem. Jesus looked at them in a circle and said, here's my family. Here's my friends. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the different people God has put in and taken out of that circle throughout the many years I've been a disciple. But then I start thinking, not only that is, what did I contribute to someone's circle? I can see the ones who contributed to my circle, but was I in someone's circle and would they say I contributed? Wow, that's a sobering question. I think there's some that would and there's some that wouldn't. And i got to learn from both of those experiences. But this is what God wants to build. There was such an incredible opportunity for the followers of Jesus to build and benefit from friendships with people that they never would have if they had settled for substitutes we got to make a decision. If we're going to build biblical friendships, we've got to build it like Jesus. But you notice there's one key thing that makes us this kind of family, that makes us this kind of friend. It's those who do God's will. It's not a common interest of the world or the secular mindset. It's not what stage of life you're in. It's not even what technology you may have or understand. It's that we do the will of God. What is the will of God? There's so many things that is the will of God. One passage says this is the will of God. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in every circumstance. Why? For this is the will of God. That's what's going to make us family. That's what's going to make us friends. So this is why, guys, when we get together, and if we're only talking about secular things or common interests or what was on Facebook this week or what movie we saw, and you're not talking about what God is commanding us by His will, then you don't have a biblical friendship. We need to have the friendships where we can ask, how are you doing with rejoicing? Because that's God's will. I can see you're down, bro. What's going on? Sister, man, I know you're going through a hard time, but man, you have been so joyful through it. Thank you so much for that example. You know, you've been missing church there, sister. What's going on? I've been praying for you every day. Hey, how's your time in the Word, bro? Because part of God's will is that we listen to His Word. That we obey it and we apply it. How's that going? Oh, let's get into this one. Are you giving? Amen. Come on. No, seriously, are you actually giving as the Bible commands us to give? Not just the amount, the heart. Or are you holding back? Have you missed a week? The day of giving, if you even have a plan for it. Or do you not even care? Shouldn't we have those kinds of questions too? How's your purity? How's your worship? How's your marriage? How's your household? How's your household? We need to be asking the things that apply to God's will in every area of our life. That's biblical friendship. Now, that doesn't mean you can't talk about the latest movie. That doesn't mean you can't talk about a common interest. You know, there's some of us who hate football. Believe it or not, there are a few that don't like football. Because they like the real football we stole the word we actually don't have football we have american football they like football okay most of the world is on line with that we're the ones that are not on line with it but see i can be friends with someone who loves football or doesn't love football because that's not god's will i can do that it's god's will that connects us not those things so we got to really ask ourselves, are we in that circle based off what we actually talk about? And are you going to make a difference? Maybe your circle right now, you're going, there, yeah, we, we don't really talk about God. Then start talking. Amen. I have a feeling people start listening. And then they'll start talking and you'll be able to listen and we're going to help each other. Jesus with just three years of being in this circle, and these varied individuals, different backgrounds, different stages of life, different interests, being with Jesus and with each other for three years, what did those friendships do? What did that family do? It changed the world. We would not even be here if it weren't for that circle. We would not even believe what we believe if it weren't for that circle. So in 20 years from our circle... What impact do we have? That excites me. Who's going to be in my circle and whose circle am I going to be in in two years? In five years? In ten years? The circles are going to have to multiply. But that's biblical friendship. And so I end with this. Don't accept substitutes. Let's go to God to prayer and we'll be dismissed. Lord God, we are so thankful that You didn't allow sin to dictate where our relationships would go. That we would only settle for substitutes. But You were willing to take on our flesh. That You were willing to come down into our circle of existence. And You, through Your amazing love, Your amazing acceptance, Your amazing grace, we're able to connect people of different walks of life, of different interests, of different backgrounds and different experiences, and we're able to make them friends. Yes, even family. God, that You would include us in that circle, knowing who we are and all our sins and all our weaknesses and all, all the different issues in our lives. You felt we were important to that circle. God, I pray as we leave this week that we're going to look at people differently. Look at them as people that Jesus wants to extend the circle to. And a God that we'll put ourselves in the circles of others. And that we're not going to talk just about the latest thing, the latest trend, the latest fad, the latest book or movie or song, although those things can be fun and can help us initiate a conversation. Help us to get to the true and genuine talk of a real family. The will of God. Help us to live it, to fulfill it, to experience it, and to express it to others. Help us to not accept substitutes. Help us to have the real thing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are dismissed.